Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Good morning, church, and welcome to another Sunday service. And thanks again for allowing us access to your homes. And we do trust that today you're going to be really, really blessed with the Word of God. So let's pray. Eternal Rock of Ages, we are just so, so, so grateful that we can come before your presence. This morning, Lord, we're asking that you speak to us, speak through us, that your children will be blessed by the word that comes forth. We pray, Father, for ears that are open and hearts that are receptive to be able to absorb everything that you have for us. And the Bible says it's not the hearer that profits, but the hearer and the doer. So, Lord, we are asking that even as you speak to us this morning, that we would also be the doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, last week we started on what I would call a mini-series with the title, A Heart of Gratitude in the Face of Adversity. So, this is part two. So, um, and last week I wasn't really able to, you know, finish off. So we believe that, you know, today the Lord would help us and we'll be able to, you know, wrap it up um, nicely. So when you look at the topic of adversity, now and you ask people, you'll find that some are either getting into some sort of adversity, some are actually in one and some are coming out of one. So... In that respect, this message, I believe, is applicable to each one of us. And you know what? If you don't fall into any of those categories, well, praise God. Um, I will still encourage you to equip yourself because there will be people around you that would need this message. So some of the things that we looked at last week was how easy it is when you have a prayer request and there's a prayer before the Lord and the Lord comes forth, you know, there's answers, you know, you testify, there's a spring in your step, you want to tell the world what God has done for you. But what happens if we flip it over and life, as it were, deals you a bad blow? What happens where everything that you've worked for, you spent so much time and money invested into, What happens when that vanishes right before your eyes? And, you know, during this period, we we know that there are a lot of businesses that, you know, people have invested so much into over the years. You know, some businesses have been up and running for generations, and now a lot of them are having to close down. What happens when your marriage, you know, or your home that you've put so much love and emotions into, you know, what happens when that crumbles? You know, these are things that we're looking at. You know, what happens when your dreams, aspirations for your children, when that, you know, goes, does not go as expected? Or, you know, what happens when, you know, sickness robs you of the quality of life that you hoped for? You know, how can you be grateful in those situations? You know, but that is what God's asking us to do. So let's take a look at the scripture, our scripture that we had last week, which was our key scripture, which is 1 Thessalonians verse, chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. And it reads, it says, Rejoice always, 
pray continually. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to repeat that. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, as I mentioned last week, you know, God is not wanting us to give thanks for those problems. He's wanting us to give thanks despite the problems. He's wanting us not to allow the disappointments, the hurts, the loss, the failures to keep us away from thanking him as our father. He wants us to focus on him and to focus on his promises, to focus on his faithfulness, to focus on, you know, his love, his compassion for us, rather than focus on the issues that we're facing. And he wants us to trust him in every situation that we face in life. You know, um, last week we also looked at, you know, God's creation. And I took that from the, uh, from, from the book of Genesis and I walked us right through, you know, from when God started to create, you know, all through creation. And we established that there was nothing that God created that was bad. Nothing God created was bad. So question is, how did bad come into the world? You know, um, yes, we know that, well, there was the Adamic sin. And as a result of that, you know, people have taken their eyes off God. You know, we've done things, we've gone against the will and the laws and the commandments of God. And that's why bad things happen. You know, I mentioned last week about how the heart of man is desperately wicked. And that's the natural heart of man. So it takes the grace. It takes the mercy of God for us to walk in light of the love and the mercy of the God that we serve. You know, God has a great plan. He has a plan. He has a purpose for us. And we read about that last week, that God's plan for us is even better than the plan that we could ever have for ourselves as well. So God has a great plan for us. So question is, what's the solution? The solution, as we read last week in Romans 8.28, said God's goal is that everything will work out perfectly well in the end. God's goal for us. It says all things work together for good for those that love God and are called. And I really asked you that question last week. Are you called? If the answer is yes, are you a child of God? If the answer is yes, God's plan is that everything will work out well for you in the end. Now, the problem is some of us are too quick and don't want to wait for when God's promises come through for us. We want a microwave God. It's now, now, now. It's either now or it's never. But you know, God's ways are not our ways. God wants us to be patient. God wants us to rely on him. God wants us to wait upon him for his own perfect plan. And in his own perfect time, all things shall work together for us. Amen. So this morning, let's take a look at this scripture as we go into the rest of the message for today. Psalm 30 verse 5. Psalm 30, verse 5. It says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Now, the other part of that, which is what I want us to focus on, it says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Now, my question is, are you weeping? Are you going through turmoil? Are you going through some sort of adversity? 
God's promise for you this morning is that even though you're weeping, there is joy. There shall be rejoicing in the morning time. Even though you're going through trials, even though you're going through tribulations, even though you've just lost your job, even though you've lost your house, whatever it might be, even though you've got challenges in your health, God is saying to you this morning, there shall be rejoicing in the morning, right? What you need to do is wait upon the Lord and you will see the salvation of God. Hallelujah, somebody. So whatever your need is, God's love, God's compassion is always available for you. Would you take it on? If you're prepared to wait upon the Lord, you would see him come through for you. Last week, we had a look at Paul and Silas, and I'm not going to go into the depth of the story anymore um, this morning for, uh, for sake of time. But Paul and Silas were actually doing the will of God when they got thrown into prison. How ironic. Because sometimes Christians believe that, you know, once I'm doing the will of God, you know, everything's going to work out well for me. You know, if you read the account of, uh, of uh, Apostle Paul, you know how many times he was beaten, shipwrecked, you know. So he made up his mind that, you know what, if I die, I die, right? He was, you know, he, he was just so, so focused. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, it says, while Paul and Silas were in prison. The Bible talks about the midnight hour. Church, what is your midnight hour? What are you doing at your midnight hour? When those issues of lives, when the storms of lives come, what are you doing at your midnight hour? Because the Bible tells us, it says at midnight hour, Paul and Silas were praying and they were praising. And as they prayed and as they praised, the shackles fell off. Now, that is one part of the story. The other part of the story is that because of their prayers and because of their praise, that was a ticket to the salvation of the prison guards. They spent time in prayer. You know, it wasn't a pity party. Oh, look at me. You know, I'm preaching for God. I'm doing all these things for God. And now what, see what happens. They were rejoicing even in their adversity because they knew that the God that they were serving was more than able to redeem them from the issues they were going through. The Bible says they... They said they, 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 the prison guards, as a result of this, said, How do I? How do I get born again? Because they knew that whatever God it is that Paul and uh, that, that Paul and Silas served, that was a great God. Because Paul and Silas could have easily walked out of the prison gates. And that would have meant that, you know, maybe the prison, uh, the, 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 the guards in the prison would have lost their lives as a result of that. But they stayed. So let your heart of gratitude, let that be a ticket to somebody's salvation. Let your heart of praise, let your hearts of prayer, let that be what would win the souls of somebody else in your community, in your environment, in your workplace, in the supermarket. You know, we looked at the, the, the hunter and the 10 apple story. I'm not going to go into the details of that. But what came out of that was the law of diminishing gratitude. 
Now, we looked at this hunter and he went and plucked 20 apples because he was oh, because he was hungry. Now, he ate all those, well, not all the apples. He had, ate the first, the second, the third, up to the tenth. By the time he was eating the tenth apple, he was no longer as grateful as he was having eaten the, the first one. And what we established was it wasn't the fact that the apple tasted less delicious because they were all from the same tree. But what we established was the fact that that apple was not the issue. The issue was the person eating the apple. But because by the time he was eating the 10th apple, he had forgotten the prayers. He had forgotten, you know, how long it took him to get food, having been walking in the, in the forest for three days. So I'm encouraging us today. Has God given us so much in life that now we are not as grateful as when we used to pray and fast and, you know, ask for prayer requests from other people? We're talking about the face, being grateful in the face of adversity. You know, we are too quick to complain, yet too slow to appreciate. And we need to turn that on its head. We need to be quick to appreciate and slow to complain. And if we were to do that, we would see how things would turn out for us. Let's take a look at another scripture. I love the Psalms. Um, let's see what David says in Psalm 34 verse 1. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just when things are going right, at all times. It says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So question is, when you're going through issues of life, what is in your mouth? Is it praises? Is it prayers? Is it encouragement? Or are you continuously complaining? And now I'm going to say something. You know, yes, you might say, okay, you know what? Hands up. That's me. I complain. But if you will be intentional and say, Lord, I want to praise you more. I want to pray more. The Holy Spirit is faithful. And the Holy Spirit would help you. To the point that when you now start to complain, the Holy Spirit that is on the inside you will give you that nudge and say, oh, maybe you need to pray or maybe you need to praise. So don't feel condemned. If you feel that, you know, you complain, right? That means you've come to realization. But what you need to do is ask the Holy Spirit for help. The Bible says he's our helper. He's with us 24-7. And there are times, you know, I catch myself, you know, I'm about to complain or I start to complain and the Holy Spirit says, mm -mm, wrong answer. And I repent. So for each one of us, you know, the more we want to know God, the more we want to walk with God, the, the Holy Spirit would help us. You know, why did David make that declaration? Why did he say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his prayer shall continually be in my mouth? 
because the mercies of God are new every single morning. God does not give us yesterday's blessings. He doesn't give us yesterday's messes. He gives us brand new, spanking brand new messes every single day. And the Bible says, great is his faithfulness towards us. Is his faithfulness great towards you? If that's the case, then we need to spend more time praising God. You need to spend more time praying to God. You know, there's a song that I love. Well, it's a song I, you know, heard of quite recently. And I really like singing it. I'm not going to sing it. But I'm going to read out the words to you. It says, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. It says, with every breath that I am able, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Will you? You see, we need to be able to count our blessings, not count our trials. The more we count our blessings, the less we will count our trials. You know, if you were to sit down and take a book or an iPad or a laptop, whatever it is, and begin to count your blessings, the psalmist says, count my blessings, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, we live in a society where bad news sells, and it's just such a shame. You know, bad news, everything that is bad takes forefront of the newspaper, takes forefront of, 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 of the TV. Breaking news, breaking news. It's important that we focus on the good things that God has done and the good things that he continues to do in our lives. We have a faithful God. We have a God that cares for us. You know, God is not happy that we're going through trials. He's not happy that we're going through tribulations. It hurts him as well. And that's why he said, he says, I collect your tears in a bottle of remembrance. So that means that when we are going through pain, God's going through that pain with us. But we need to anchor ourselves onto the Holy Spirit. There's a song that says, this is how we overcome. When we praise, when we focus on prayer and we say, yes, Satan, you know, hey, this is what you want to do, but I'm going to focus on God. You'll find that before you know it, you're lifted out of despair. You're lifted out of hurt. You're lifted out of those situations. And when you're lifted out, you're able to testify. You're able to use those testimonies to reach out, to, to win somebody else to God. I'm encouraging somebody this morning. Even though you might be going through what seems like a tunnel and there's no way out, I can assure you that there is a God. And that God will bring you through. There's a, one of my favorite um, worship leaders, Ron Connelly. He sang a song sometimes. He says, when you're going through hell, don't stop. He says, you go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. And you know, people say it, I'm going through hell. 
But okay, you're going through. So that means that you're going to come out on the other side. And it's the same as when you're driving and you're going through, you're driving through a dark tunnel. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. No matter how tiny that might be, focus on that light. And the more you focus on the light, the brighter it becomes. Praise God, somebody. So it's important for us to know that even though we go through trials in life, we have a God that never leaves us, nor forsakes us. He's there with us. And he will hold us. The Bible says, I would hold you and I would, I would uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God's not going to leave us there. But I'm asking you this morning, are you going to hold on to the hem of his garment? Are you going to allow God to make you whole? As the woman with the issue of blood, she did whatever it took for her to get to where Jesus was. And as soon as she got to where he was, she held on to the hem of his garment. And the Bible says she was made whole. I'm speaking to someone this morning. God wants to make you whole. But you need to hold on to the hem of his garment. Let's take a look at another scripture, Psalm 61. Psalm 61, verse 1 to 3. This is a psalm that's close to my heart. Psalm 61. It says, from the ends, no, sorry, it says, hear my cry. Oh God, and attend unto my prayers. It says, from the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Is your heart overwhelmed this morning? Cry unto the Lord. Cry unto the Lord. When my heart was overwhelmed, I cried unto the Lord and he brought me out. He pulled me out of that Mary clay and he set my feet upon the rock. If God did it for me, he can surely do it for you. He's no respecter of persons and he's a God that never changes. So I encourage you this morning, call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to read out another song to us. It says, what a friend we find in Jesus. All our sins and griefs, our pains, our trials, our troubles to bear. It says, what a privilege it is to carry everything, not just some things, everything to God in prayer. You know, oftentimes... We carry our trials, our pains, our loss, our hurts. We carry it to the social media. We carry it to friends. We carry it to family members that cannot do anything about it. The song encourages us, us take it to the Lord in prayer. It says, what, oh, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. Why is that? Because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. 
It says, have we trials or temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Is there trouble in your job? Is there trouble with your children? Is there trouble in your health? Wherever it is that there's trouble, the, the song says we should not be discouraged. And why is that? Because we can take it to the Lord in prayer. He says, can we find a friend so faithful? Definitely not. I haven't found a friend that is so faithful. Who will all our trials, all our sorrows share? He says, Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we going to take our trials to the Lord in prayer? I can assure you that if you take your prayer, your sorrows to the Lord in prayer, you would come out victorious. Hallelujah. So God has an answer for you in the storms of life. God has an answer for you in the storms of life. I'm going to say that one more time. God has an answer for you in the storms of life. Isaiah puts it this way, Isaiah 43. It says, but now, O Jacob, you can put your name there. It says, listen to the Lord who created you. It says, O Israel, the one who formed you says this. It says, do not be afraid. For I, I, I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. Hallelujah, somebody. I have called you by name. Can you imagine God out of the humpty number of people on planet Earth? I have called you specifically by name. And he says, you are mine. So that means that if we are God's, he is responsible for us. He says, when you go through the deep waters, now I'm going to say this, you know, people tend to think, oh, you know what? When I become a Christian, I'm not going to face any trial. I'm not going to face any tribulation. Hey, wrong. You know, because the enemy is not asleep. He's always at work. And his plan, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy but God says, I have come that I would give life till it's full and it's overflowing. So Satan is always at work. So the Bible tells us that when you go through deep waters, what's God saying? I will be with you. This is the same God that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He never changes. So if he was with them, he would be with you. He says, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, is there oppression right now? Hey, need I say any more? He says, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why is that? He said, because I am God. I am the Lord, your God the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. It says, I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. And if he gave Egypt, then he would give Egypt now. So my 
thing is, who is that person? Who is that nation? Who is it that is oppressing you right now? God is prepared to give Egypt for your ransom. But you have a part to play in this. And your part is to take it to the Lord in prayer. Every day people face adversity. We need to take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, I'm going to share a story with us. I like sharing stories. I'm sure you can tell. And this is to encourage us. You know, when people say there's a casting down, we as the children of God need to be saying there's a lifting up. And why is that? Because we have a God, the Redeemer of our lives. So this story is about a 70... Well, someone says he's 93, someone says 73, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. He's a senior citizen. So there was this senior citizen who recently contracted COVID and was in hospital. When he got released, the day he got released from hospital, he was handed a bill. And the bill was for his care in hospital. And that was for the cost of um, his um, ventilator. So he used a ventilator for one day. And he was handed a bill of 5,000 euros. Now, when he saw the bill, my understanding was he broke down in tears. Now, obviously, the medical staff got scared and, you know, they tried to, you know, they tried to encourage him and say, no, 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 you don't have to cry. It's okay. We'll try and sort out, you know, the payment plan somehow, you know, we'll get through this. We'll help you. And he said to them, and, you know, this, is, this, this was his response. He says, um, you know, his response tore the heart of the medical team that treated him. He told them, he said, it's not the bill that he's crying about. He said, why he was crying is that for 73 years of his life, he had been breathing free air and never had to pay one single euro for it. But not only that, he had never once got on his knees to thank God who gave him the free air to breathe every day for life, for the air. Now he's in hospital and he's been made or he's been asked to pay 5,000 euros just for one night of using a ventilator. He said the reason he's crying is because if he had to multiply that 5,000 euros by the years he has been alive, there is no way he would have ever been able to pay it. Now, you know, the, the life lesson from this is that God gives us so much that we don't remember or we don't acknowledge, if I should put it rightly, because we take it for granted and we take it as old to us. You know, Every single breath is a gift from God. This is the God that knows the follicles on our head. The Bible says he counts. He knows the number of hairs 
on our head, on our head. This is the God that we serve. So if God, who formed us before we were conceived in our mother's womb, has a great plan for each and every one of us, how would he not see us through when we're going through trials and we call upon him? You see, when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at will change. I'm going to repeat that. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. You see, gratitude is a choice. It's not dependent on emotions, nor is it dependent on your feelings. It's a choice that you have to make. And the Bible tells us that a merry heart is good medicine. We find that in the book of Proverbs. So I encourage you, begin to count the blessings of God over your life each and every day. One of the best prayers that you can ever pray is a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of gratitude, a prayer to say, Lord, I thank you for another day. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my children. I thank you for food on my table. I thank you for a roof over my head. Because a lot of the things that we have and we take for granted, so many people don't have it. Never allow yourself that 10th apple effect. When you're grateful for what you have, you would have more things to be grateful about. Never allow your life of gratitude to fade away. You know, it's sad that the more we become comfortable in life, the less we think we need God. And it should be the other way around. We always need God every single day. The songwriter says, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Every minute, every second, every millisecond. Because if God was to take his tiny finger off us, we would all be gone. So we need God. Bible says it's because of the grace and the mercy of God that we're not consumed. Am I talking to someone this morning? Take your eyes off the trials. Take your eyes off the pain, off the hurt. Let your focus be on God. We have a God who is dependable. He will never leave us to go through the storms of life alone. And when we go through those storms, we will come out stronger. So I encourage you, keep a constant heart of gratitude. And there's no, nothing that you too small for you to be thankful for. There is nothing too small. Don't wait until the big things happen. Thank God for everything that he does for you. You see, what you might look at as a small thing is actually a mega big thing to somebody else. So I encourage you today. I trust that this word has been a blessing to you. That you shouldn't focus 
on the trials, don't focus on the tribulations, don't focus on the hurts, the pain, don't focus on being sidelined, focus on God. And it's important that we do things and do it God's way. Because when we do things God's way, we get God's results. Praise God, somebody. Trust that you've been blessed. And the Lord Richard bless you. Let's close in prayer. Hallelujah. And so, Father God, we humbly bow before your throne this morning to say thank you forevermore. Even in the face of adversity, we come and we say thank you. For we know that all things, all things, Lord, work for our good. Because we, you, oh Father God, have our best interest at heart. Bible says you turn our mourning into dancing. And you turn our sadness, oh God, into joy. Because you are the glory and the lifter up of our head. Even in these times of trials. And for this, Father, we are grateful. Even though our actions sometimes do not always show it, we desire to be grateful and we ask you, Father God, for help. May your will be done, Father God, in every single area of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we say thank you. We thank you, Father, because you walk with us every single way, every single time. And you deliver us from the hands of the evil one. We thank you, Father God, because your promises concerning us, they are yea and they are amen. Bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.